fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, 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 hi. How's it going, everybody? It's Friday, October 21st, 2011, episode 92.5 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt. Uh, we have no camera two tonight. Uh, Ian, man, I feel really bad because tomorrow's my birthday. I'm going to be 31 years old, okay? So this is life changing. And Ian, uh, my co host, he, he was really sick today, like coughing and sneezing and. Uh, what did they say? Out the both ends, so to speak. Loose in the caboose, I think is how he put it. And he, like, he made his way all the way out here to the studio just to, like, bring me a birthday present. And then was like, I can't talk. I have absolutely nothing to say, and anything I say is gonna sound like garbage. So, there you go. 406-204-4687. Uh, I did want to mention we got nominated for a podcast award. This is the first year for the Hotbox being nominated. Uh, the other show I do, The Jam Hole, has been nominated four years in a row. Hasn't won once, which is, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, if you're nominated, then you're on the site all year. And, you know, people see see the shows and stuff. But the Hotbox being the first year, we're in news and politics. We're the only cannabis-related show out of all of these, like, no agenda and the the left shows and the right shows and all these political news shows. So if we won, that would be really cool, not counting on it. But if you feel like voting, there you can vote every day at podcastawards.com. This is, like, the sixth or seventh annual, I think, which is kind of cool. And we got facebook.com slash hotboxpodcast and all the, the normal social stuff. Uh, I got Google Plus up if you guys are posting anything about marijuana in there. I'll see it. Maybe we can talk about it. And, of course, you can Skype the jam hole. That's uh, all lowercase, all one word. You can call 406-204-4687. I did want to start the show off. I saw some interesting post on Google Plus by Jason Calacanis. I guess he's supporting the legalization of marijuana movement, which is totally awesome. I think... uh, we would greatly benefit as a, a movement as a whole uh, with more people like Jason and, you know, a lot of these tech investors and the, these people that are actually shaping the infrastructure that we're utilizing to broadcast and to get the message out and like the whole Occupy Wall Street thing and the Egypt thing. Like, these are the guys that are building those tools. So it's really neat when they come out and, you know, voice their opinions on this. He says, Support of the legalization of marijuana has doubled in the past 15 years. Now, I, I, I mark this up to people being more educated. I, well, I would like to mark this up uh, as an increase in education of people, but I don't know. We'll see about that. Uh, I think the, the information is more freely available, which is helpful. Anyone can just Google marijuana or cannabis, and you'll find shows like this, and normal, you'll find the MPP, you'll find the MTCIA, you'll find all these different organizations, you'll find people like Dr. Rose, scientists, who is doing testing of cannabis, and uh, infusions, and all stuff like that. I think the information, the people have more of an access to it, so when they hear something that doesn't feel quite right, 
rather than just believe it or not, they can actually go look it up and make an informed decision. And I think that over the last 15 years, I think that's greatly contributed to the the doubling of the legalization movement. He says, we're now at a tipping point where folks are realizing, A, stoned folks don't commit crimes. And this is absolutely, I mean, people are people and people are shit. That's just how it goes. Stoned people, I, they're more mellow. We shouldn't say they. We are more mellow. I, I don't want to say that we're more kind-hearted because there's dickhead pot smokers just as there are dickhead Christians, just as there are dickhead Buddhists. You know, they're humans. Uh, we're all dickheads in, in essence. But I think when you get stoned, you have this different kind of mind state that I I like to think you're not you're not as prone to committing I wouldn't say crimes in general but like more violent crimes or theft I guess I don't know it, people that smoke pot seem to have a different set of morals and rules intrinsically that they live by it seems like and I don't know I mean I'm sure that's that's true for most people that they have their own internal clock but I don't know. In my experience, people that smoke pot are way more laid back than people that say drink. Um, He says, B, we need the tax revenue. True that. Everyone is broke. We're broke. States are broke. Uh, The country (laughs) as a whole is broke. Uh, So that that could be helpful. And not to mention, he he doesn't say this in here, but the agricultural side of it. Hmm? All of the different industries that we could be more self-sufficient in if we opened up some of this agricultural land or what have you to uh, growing some cannabis. I says, see, the war on drugs does not work and it's a waste of resources. And I, I completely agree with that. If anything, it, it, it does nothing but feed the drug cartels who are bringing in the more dangerous drugs, the heroin and the cocaine and what. Uh, and I mean, don't base the, don't base your your choice on the the scheduling system because clearly, marijuana being a schedule one is uh, not right. I'm just gonna look up the war on drugs clock here, and we'll see how much has been sent. This is at drugsense.org/slash. Well, here I'll just put it in the chat if you want to check that out. And Justin Fanlight Peach says, uh, I'm sure that we can arrange a trip to the Cayman Island to check out the piles of money there. Yeah, I'm sure. they you, <laughs> Offshore bank accounts, they're like, well, we're actually getting our, our credit score downgraded here in America, but in the Cayman Islands, we have, like, perfect score. I mean, all of our money's here in underground offshore accounts. Willow Bear, what's happening? So, how much have we spent so far? It's Friday, like I said at the start of the show, October 21st, 2011, a day before my 31st birthday, 9.34 p.m. 12 million plus on federal. Hmm? 20, or wait, is that million? No, excuse me, that's billion. I'm sorry, I thought that was million. 12 billion dollars federally, 20 bill state for a total so far and we're this is only october we still have a few more months uh 33 billion dollars um can anyone 
think of anything better that we could be spending, what did I say? $30 billion on? $33 billion on anyone? I mean, I know... I know kids that are going to school that are using the books that have their parents' names in them. I know back when Sandy hosted this show with me, she talked about that, that her, she didn't want her kids going to, to school and seeing her name in a science textbook. I mean, it's like these things, they need money, and clearly budgets are getting cut all day long. Justin Van Peach says, I don't even make 20 grand a year, so billions are like foreign language to me. Yeah, right? It's, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't even know what a million dollars looks like. I know that I could probably live f- just fine for the majority of the rest of my life on a $1 million. I, I'm, not, I'm not a greedy man. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned many things in my 31 almost years on this planet. Money doesn't really mean a whole lot of anything until you have a whole bunch of it. And then for some crazy reason, it turns into this power trip. Anyway, the war on drugs does not work and it's a waste of resources. $33 billion worth so far. And there's some other cool numbers on here. Uh, people arrested for drug law offenses just this year, 1,347,000 so far. People arrested for cannabis offenses just this year, 695,000 people. 695,000. Hey, caller, what's up? You're live on the jam hole or the hot box. What hey, show Matt, is this? What's going on? It's Kevin. What show is this? <laughs> Hold on. Kevin, what's up, dude? Hey, you got me for a couple minutes and then I, I got a jet. Hey, but, cool. But uh, listening in and, uh, the what what I think uh, we're failing to grasp here. A couple of things is you talking about all this money. You just said it was thirty three billion that we could be saving. It, uh, you're right. You it's said. it's not money that's actually there, right? It's just numbers well, in a big what, budget what sheet. I was gonna, the flip side of it is, I mean, look at how much money uh, is being made off of this the incarceration of these people. That's a whole. There's still humans behind it. There's still Americans behind the flip side that are getting paid. Does it balance that illegal? Does it balance like that the, checkbook though? Well, regardless, they're making the money. We take it away. We make it legal, and then they don't have a job. So and right now they're the ones with the guns. Right. Well, I mean, we, we got it, we make guns. it legal, and then you have all of the. I mean, the, the drug enforcement agency. I mean, look at it's been a forty years of this this pyramid that has built into this this incredible army. But that, look what they've done. I mean, look at how many employees does does the feds have? Yeah, like in, just in, the, drug enforcement. in the chat room, Justin Fan Red says prisons is a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, it absolutely is, but that's, that One needs to change. One in eight is incarcerated for marijuana, and I, I believe that's the statistic. It's one in eight, and it's, what, 2,000 Americans a day are arrested for, uh, for marijuana alone? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, that's, that's that much money that is in the system, in the prison industrial system, that is that is being made by Americans. I mean, there's still people that, you know, in America that is making it. Of course, it's the corporations making the majority of it, and then the drug companies that, that are, you know, the actually big pharma and stuff. I mean, it goes, it's so deep. But So check this out, that's, Kevin. That's the reality of it. Are but, they, they're going to come in like they're the nice guy and say okay we're going to totally legalize it but you have to get your weed from big pharma is that how they're going to spin it 
You know, I'm not too sure. Actually, I think I, I think that the big agenda, and this is this is just maybe the uh, uh, the stoner hopeful in me that, that I want. That <laughs> I Obama's want Kevin going to get his base back by by pushing the legalization. I, I want Kevin and, uh, Joe Rogan form conspiracy theory now. <laughs> Give it well, to I, me. I do believe that this falls in line. I think that Obama has lost his base. The people that elected him, the college kids, the the ones that had the hope, that really wanted the change, I think that those are also the ones that are proponents of legalization. And as much as, like, as soon as we, one of the reasons why we want him in there is that he was going to back off on the medicinal. And so we're like, get in there. Now he's completely revoked that. He, he's flipped it, and he's coming after everybody now. But that's, he's losing his base. His approval rating is down in the 30s, I believe. And don't quote me on any of those numbers. But Google. did you did you, did you you see what he did today, though? Oh, I didn't see today, no. Bro, the war's over, didn't you hear? Everyone's coming oh. home. Do you oh, kn- right. You know what that's going right. to do for his, you know? Uh, is it true, though? I mean, everything that he said, he said the same thing about Guantanamo Bay. He said the same thing about <laughs> you know Afghanistan. What? He said... It's all talk so far. Yeah, a friend of mine, we talked about that. Actually, it was Ian uh, when he came and gave me my present. He uh, he was like, are they, like, coming home or is this, like, in the next 10 years? And, like, it, it made it sound like on the news that everyone was packing shit up, like, right now, getting their plane tickets or whatever. So, I don't know. I can see him go hard on the hard on the marijuana thing. And then everyone forgets about it because, holy shit, he ended this 10-year-long war we've been in, spending how much yeah. more, you know, trillions of dollars there. Hey, I wanted to also uh, throw in a couple, two cents uh, on my personal experience about, you know, the different drugs and different states of consciousness. that You're, you're kind of hitting upon that, that, you know, stoners, they're kind of like, they don't want to go do crimes. They want to, you know, just sit around and, and BS. They want to you know, talk about space. They want to talk about technology. They, they want right? to communicate a more philosophical mindset. Kind of. Uh, and like I said, though, there are assholes, you know, in, in any. Well, absolutely. And it's an amplifier. So if you're a douchebag, right. it's going to amplify your douchebag nature. Right. And there's no fixing that. But the Timothy Leary looked at it. He has this eight circuit uh, model that, that he believes that different drugs stimulate different circuits. And uh, you can, when you, when you smoke cannabis, like, it really does bring you to a higher level, a higher state of consciousness. A lot of people misinterpret, like, the paranoia. It's kind of like the floodgates, the perception are opening, and you're just, you have access to that much more information, or just a, a higher circuit. You think of it like voltage, more, you know, more amperage through the circuits. Right. Whereas there's other drugs that stimulates more of the primitive side of us, the more limbic system, different chemical exchange, like like the alcohol. Alcohol brings out a more primitive, and I'm not saying that that's bad. On a dance floor, you're going to want some alcohol. Right, we need to, primal. every like, now and then. <laughs> right, you know, every now and then. It, like slow motion, it looks like a bunch of apes dancing, you know, like together, and that's that's more of what that, that drug or that state It of looks like a bunch offers. of... Uh, Dry humping is what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, well, it looks like a bunch of primates. Practice <laughs> makes perfect. But that that's perfect if you want to control society. That's right. exactly what 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 a government would want in in its masses in its little automatons that it's trying. Well, and to we control. talked. 
we we talked about that on the jam hole and I think on the hot box too about how they tend to push us towards the drugs that will divide the people rather than unite the people because a people divided sure. is much easier to control and scare into whatever uh, niche they want, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it always reminds me of that Futurama when the scientist says, I don't want to live on this world anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it sucks waking up. You know, the the kids have a good in their little hypnagogic state that they can just... Yeah, you know, we were there, though. That. When we grew up and we're, we're hoping we idolize these people in power yeah, and they're all yeah, so grown right. up and they look so official. And then they're like, ugh. It just is like, as flat as I am. This again? Jeez. Hold on, I'm I'm gonna go do this again. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get paid how much? Hmm. <laughs> I don't feel like that's worth eight hours of my time. But okay, sure. <laughs> I do need to pay the rent. <laughs> All right. Well, I got a jet, but uh, I do appreciate it. All you right, man. Hey, th- thanks for the call, Kevin. For sure. All right. Take it easy. All right. Later, Kevin. Everybody friend of mine lives here hell yeah so i fully agree where was i ah waste of resources absolutely (laughs) justin van red says just flip flip that do coke make money do more coke get more money and then guess what do more coke right (laughs) i've i've seen that i've seen that whole cycle just work itself out over and over again and no it wasn't a mirror uh and so uh, back to this list jason calacanister on google plus uh the last part is alcohol abuse heart disease diabetes and obesity are where we should focus our resources no one dies from weed at least not directly uh, millions die from alcohol heart attacks and obesity a year and that's totally true that's We spend money on trying to fight these backwards battles that we can never win. We're fighting ideas. We're fighting, I I don't know, we're not, it's not a tangible thing you can go and kill. I mean, you can put a face to the symbol and parade it around on CNN, but it's not, that does nothing for the real problem. But if you can put money into things like helping fund alcohol abuse classes or whatever, or just, I don't know, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, I mean, these are all things that we could take care of easily. Uh, He says we need to be logical about how we use our resources. I'm glad to see folks who are anti-drug be in logical favor of taxing and regulating weed. The problem with that, though... When does it stop? They get a taste of how much money they can really pull in from making this legal and letting people just go out to restaurants and get blazed and eat a good meal and go home and not get in drunk driving accidents. Like, that's going to be a lot of money. I think they're going to say they're they're going to see that. And they're going to be like, ooh, hey, this year tax increase. Sorry, guys. Sorry, pot smokers. Cigarettes going down. Pot going up. Taxes. And then next time, it's going to go up even more. And then even more. And the quality will go down. And we'll all be getting it in the uh, convenience store. So uh, Kevin brought up Obama. Uh, I saw this posted on Facebook. Someone was saying that uh, Obama... 
you're going to have to face this broken promise uh, about medical marijuana and probably pretty soon. Now, I don't know if this is because uh, we mentioned before on uh, whitehouse.gov, they have a thing called We the People. And it's like this it's this petition thing that anything that gets over 5000 signatures on it on their site will get addressed by Obama or <laughs> the administration, the E administration if you will. And the top one is about legalizing marijuana. I think it's something like uh, treating it, treating it like alcohol, or taxing and regulating it like alcohol. We have this model in place, and yeah, I I agree. It's it's totally just another. Justin Van Red says it's just another piece of bullshit social media. I fully agree. But it's a piece of bullshit social media that had, last time I checked, like 56,000 signatures on it. That It doubled the last next one. It doubled the number two one. It had like 20-something thousand signatures. So, I don't know. I, I think it got it in front of the faces and everyone saw that it's on there. So he's going to have to say something about it, right? Willow Bear, Justin Fan Red. When you type, it's Justin Van Red. I see it. We don't use numbers. Justin Van five four four nine zero six zero one three. It's easier to just say Red. All right. So here's the petitions. Here's the link in the chat if you want to check it. So if you click on popular, <laughs> seventy one thousand two hundred and twenty five signatures now. That's so awesome. Legalize and regulate marijuana in a manner similar to alcohol. So is this why he is going to have to face it? Uh, Scott Morgan from StopTheDrugWar.org. He writes, Federal prosecutors have threatened to arrest state employees for administering state laws, resulting in stalled programs and reduced patient access. In only a few short months, the Obama administration has presided over a vicious series of political assaults on medical marijuana patients and providers across the nation. And we've seen this here. <clears throat> There's been so many raids here in the state of Montana. And as far as I know, all these people, I mean, Ian begs to differ, but I, I think that I don't think they were doing anything wrong in accordance with their state law. Ian thinks that, yeah, these were probably... Um, dispensaries that were doing shady business or weren't keeping records or stuff like that. But I th I think it happened to both, I'm sure. The situation just continues to get more ugly, writes, and insane from one week to the next. So we have federal prosecutors threatening to arrest state employees. We have U.S. attorneys in California recently revived the Bush-era tactic of threatening to seize property from landlords who rent to medical marijuana facilities and we heard that here. The big excuse here, uh, when you when you went to the city for anything, or it was, well, we get a lot of federal funding, and federally it's illegal, even though we have a state law. So we're we'd rather not. We're just we're just not going to touch that. So. After nine years of failing to respond, the DEA recently denied a petition to reschedule marijuana, ignoring a vast body of scientific evidence proving the drug's medical efficacy. Okay, listen, Willow Bear. I know your name's not Justin, 
because you're not logged in to justin.tv. Your name when you type says Justin Fan five four four nine zero. I'll remember that number and I will call you Willow Bear from now on. Okay. Okay. Glad we can settle this. Uh, federal threats have caused numerous banks to close the accounts of businesses that provide medical marijuana to qualified patients. And we should absolutely, if you want these dispensaries to act as businesses, if you don't want this back alley, whatever you call it, then you have to give them the same access that any other normal business would have. You can't say you're a second-class citizen because you smoke weed and you're a second-class business uh, because you sell weed. Like, that's crap. And here, locally in Kalispell, a lot of people went out of business and we had a lot of these, uh, these like, not strip malls, but little plazas here and there with a whole bunch of empty storefronts. And, you know, a few dispensaries moved into these places and when they're not there, it's just desolate. But when they're there, you know, there's people going there and there it's community and business, but then they put these moratoriums on it and you can't open business in town. Which is so stupid. So stupid. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms issued a surprising statement that medical marijuana patients may not purchase firearms. Well, then, then check this out. If you do that, people that smoke weed, we're still going to purchase firearms. We're just not going to purchase them from your state-sanctioned uh, businesses. That's all. Like, that's so stupid. Uh, if you have pot, the pot plant may go into your gun closet, take the gun, and actually go kill all of your children. Because that's what pot does, right? Reefer madness, right? That's what it does. That's why you can't have guns. Because you're going to get stoned and shoot your eye out. Are we eight? Did my decoder ring just tell me to drink more Ovaltine? Uh, the IRS is shaking down medical marijuana providers for millions of dollars based on an obscure tax provision aimed at drug traffickers. And I think that's that same tax provision that says we're going to take everything. If you had anything related to pot, we're taking everything. Any money, regardless of if it came from that business or from whatever, we're taking it. They basically just roll into these shops and steal everything. They cut the plants down, they take all their money, they take everything. And that's not nice either. Uh, a federal prosecutor even threatened to target newspapers that run ads for medical marijuana services. Also, not nice. And of course, if the, the DEA continues to raid tax-paying businesses that are legal under state law. And we've we've everything listed here we have seen here in Montana. And I'm sure uh, people are starting to see it in Colorado you're starting to see it in Michigan. Uh, actually, I had a... If I can find it. Yeah, Burger sent this in uh, from the Stumble. We have a StumbleUpon account that you guys can send us stuff. Uh, in Michigan, this from the uh, Detroit Free Press, uh, near Flint, drivers are having to deal with these sheriff narcotics checkpoints. I don't, I don't know if you've... 
I'm not down with just being able to like stop me randomly and just search my shit. No, that's not that's not freedom. That's not liberty. That's a massive invasion of privacy, right? That's like those cops also funny enough in Michigan that had those uh cellulite or what are those what are those things? I forget what they're called, but uh they had those devices and when they pulled someone over for a random traffic stop, they would ask for their phone. Uh, their smartphone or whatever, and they'd plug it into this thing, Cellubrite, I think is what they're called. And they would just, like, clone your phone, basically, and then be like, okay, thank you. And then go back to the shop and, like, dig through all your all the personal stuff that was on your phone. But so, again, Michigan. Uh, motorists driving on expressways around Flint are getting surprised by a stunning tactic that the Genesee County Sheriff has been using to fight the flow of illegal drugs. One that legal experts said will not withstand a court challenge. At least seven times this month, including Tuesday, motors have said they have seen a pickup towing a large sign on I-69 or US-23 that depicts the sheriff's badge and warns, quote, Sheriff Narcotics Check. Uh, checkpoint. One mile ahead. Drug dog in use. Sorry. Uh, the checkpoints are part of a broad sweep for drugs that Genesee County Sheriff Robert Pickle and, <laughs> and his titled, his self-titled Sheriff's Posse, every good county sheriff needs a sheriff's posse, right? Especially when your last name is Pickle. Um, yeah. Calling for a flint at crossroads of drug dealing because nearly ha- half dozen major roads and expressways pass in and around the city. Uh, Pickle said he decided to try checkpoints when he learned that drug shipments might be passing through Flint in tractor trailers with false compartments. Of course. Uh, he says, quote, we're doing everything by the book. Uh, we're, we think there's major loads of drugs coming through, and so we're going to just search random uh, shit. So thanks, Burger. And if you live there, enjoy that. Enjoy. Just hand them. Here's my license, registration, and all of my rights. Well, anything else? My firstborn, some blood, some DNA, my genes. What do you want? What else can I do for you? What can I do for you? So, not cool at all. Not cool. So, uh, I think that's all. What what's Obama going to say about this? Uh I lied. Sue me. Like what I I don't see that he's going to come out and be like, "Well, you guys really put me to task on this." And I'm just going to say, "Fuck y'all niggas." Like I don't I don't see like what he could possibly come out and say that people are going to be like, "Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, at least you brought the troops home, right?" And, like, I think uh, someone said in the chat, like, that we didn't even expect him to do that much. So, hey, right on, right? So, uh, speaking of the African-American brothers and sisters of ours, I I keep seeing this story popping up on uh, Facebook and on on the G+. Would, (laughs) Would legalizing marijuana make life better for black Americans? 
would legalizing crack? Nah, that was terrible. But seriously, what would legalizing pot like that would make life better for me? I mean, like I don't. Justin Fan, light brown, gold. What color is that? They'd stay out of jail. Yeah, that that's a good point. But are they more times than not? They're caught with pot and something else, like crack or PCP or th- stolen goods. And, I mean, granted, there is a lot like white people, like yellow people, like orange people or whatever, that you're just getting caught with pot. And, no, jail does not make things better, especially for these kinds of offenses. Any kinds of drug offenses, I think, should be treated totally differently. You shouldn't be put in the same place as murderers because you were smoking some weed or snorting some cocaine. Like, if exactly, nonviolent. That's... That's where you have to draw the line, the violent and the nonviolent. Cartels, maybe, that are killing people and selling heroin and prostitution, that kind of stuff, that's a violent business. But, yeah, non-commercial, people like me and you smoking fucking bong rips all day, like, we're not hurting anybody, and if you put us in that sort of system, we're either going to go completely nuts and kill people and then get killed, or we're going to come out just far worse than what we went in. I, I think that that's a terrible way to rehabilitate people. But they're saying that this poll indicates that 50%, and this is the graph that was on the uh, that Google Plus post, 50% of Americans are in favor of legalizing the recreational use of marijuana. African Americans tend to hold more conservative views on drug legalization, in spite of the fact that African Americans are far more likely to be arrested and prosecuted for marijuana possession uh, than their white counterparts. Proponents of marijuana legalization say that this perspective might change if there were greater awareness around the foundation of the war on drugs. Again, another war on this, this idea of trying to escape reality because you made life just suck so hard for everybody now i mean we have people we have people occupying every town from here to there yes in this massive movement that they're like we're so fed up with this bullshit is not making anything better you're just completely making things worse And it's going to get to a point where it explodes and then we're all effed. So, uh, he says, uh, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the origin of these laws was intended to be utilized as the new Jim Crow. Yes. And we, we talked about that. We started the hot box back at episode one, talking about how all of this, war on drugs and prohibition and drug policy, how it all came to be. And it all started with Harry Anslinger. That, you can trace it back. Follow the money, right? You can trace it back to that guy. And it's terrible. And the laws were not based on any any kind of fact. And the propaganda is what propelled this massive group delusion that I'm going to smoke pot and go rape and kill and go crazy and murder. No, you're not. You're going to sit there and you're going to shut the hell up. Uh, African-Americans are often categorized as politically liberal. However, I think they're just getting that from BET. Come on. 
However, the black church has a large influence on the moral compass of the African-American community. Uh, because as we all know, morality comes from God, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm an atheist, 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 I'm an aphid, I'm an atheist heathen, and I have no morality. I don't know right from wrong from a hole in my butt, uh, honestly. <laughs> Loyalty test, I, I, absolutely, right? Are you with me? Line in the sand. Here, here it is. Your church on that side, my church on this side. We'll play Red Rover till all the colors are mixed up. Um, this often conservative influence might provide an insight into why African Americans are against relaxing the drug laws that often split up their families. But now, when you say that, you have to make the separation of here is marijuana and here is crack cocaine. This is not addictive, or at least not in the way that this is. You know, you can get hooked on opiates and cocaine pretty solid, and that's going to, because of the physical symptoms you're going to uh, experience, that's going to cause you to do anything you can to get that drug uh, so that you feel better. And when that happens, then you make the the transfer from nonviolent to violent, I think. Wage slave, welfare slave, career slave. It's all the same thing. And we've said this before. It was from an atmosphere song. It, if you get your pills from the doctor, then you're a patient. But if you get them from this dude on the street, then you're a junkie. I mean, it's all... I get you get prescriptions, you're supposed to follow it a certain way, and people that are getting them on the streets are probably not following, you know, their their recommended uh, dosage. But still, it's the same stuff. You're doing it for the same reason. You have pain. Like Max Payne, man. The pills would ease the pain. So, I don't know. What do you think? Is Would legalization even... Even... Just saying people as a whole, legalization and what that would bring in or cause to affect, it would be better for all Americans, not just the blacks, not just the whites or the yellows or the oranges or whatever. I mean, it just to, I, just to focus it on that one group, though, and I, I get what you say, then there that takes away that whole profiling aspect of it, I guess. Like Steven Seagal, lawman, when he sees a group of black kids, if if weed was legal, he wouldn't have a reason to go up to them to see what they were doing, right? He would simply wait to see if they actually committed a crime. But with these laws, you can just roll up to a group of kids because they look a certain way. And you can be like, excuse me, what's in your pockets? And then he's like... Oh, what's that? <laughs> like a little magic trick, right? I don't know. I don't think it's going to... I think it would be good for for everyone. <clears throat> uh, I got another story I saw coming up in the news feed. That the, you ever heard of Richard Lee? Apparently, I didn't know this. I mean, I've heard of him. I didn't know he was the leader of the marijuana legalization movement, but okay. Uh, the federal government is trying to get on this guy. They have a hard-on for him, and they want him taken out 
probably because last year he poured 1.5 million into Prop 19, uh, which, as you know, is the marijuana legalization measure that voters rejected. So this guy's got a bunch of money, right? Richard Lee. And he's down with it. It's just like any of the tech investors or the angel VCs or whatever that are maybe not secretly, but they're not that public about it, but they put money here and there into these activists, these cannabis activist movements, which is great. You know, they need to be funded. If you're, if you're fighting politics, like it has to be, it has to be funded. As the federal government's crackdown on the state's medical marijuana industry expands, the Department of Justice has targeted Richard Lee, the leader of the movement, uh, the base city. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. U.S. Attorney Melinda Haig sent a letter to the landlord of Lee's medical marijuana dispensary. Oh, here's that shady trick. We'll send a letter to your landlord. I'm going to go over your head and tattle on you. Do you know what little Richard's been doing? He is growing pot in your building. And you know what that pot's going to do? It's going to grow legs and it's going to rape children. Yeah, I know. I don't want that to happen either. You better go arrest him. And that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, Lee is a soft-spoken libertarian who uses a wheelchair. (laughs) He's the founder of Oaksterdam University. And you'll remember, we talked to... We interviewed... uh, the hell was his name? Ed Rosenthal? He's uh, he's down there in Oaksterdam. I think it's uh, on that special episode from the Missoula... Um, what was that called? Garden City Cannabis Expo. That guy's got some... Ed Rosenthal has some crazy ideas about, about uh, politics and stuff. It was a great conversation, though. How did this guy get his money? I, that's a good question. I, he founded Oaksterdam University, right? So selling pot right and they do i mean they're not just selling pot they do classes like it's it's literally a university i want i talked to ed rosenthal i was like hey let's do live podcasts from the university he was like yeah that's a great idea but again no funding right who's gonna pay my way to get down there i don't have money to fly to california paying my rent shit uh, but yeah, they offer cultivation classes, business training for the cannabis industry. Last year, like I mentioned, he put 1.5 mil into Prop 19. The four U.S. attorneys from California announced a crackdown on the state's billion-dollar medical marijuana industry on October 7th, charging that many dispensaries are simply fronts for the sale and distribution of illegal drugs. These aren't illegal drugs federally. Yeah, they are. So... And I said this a long time ago. The first thing, if you want to really have this argument in that forum, the first thing that has to change is that schedule. Because that is, they always fall back to that. They always go back and they're like, oh, but federally it's illegal. Schedule one, but you can't, what do you say to that? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, actually right here it says federally, federally illegal. You can't, what do you say to that? If it ever escalates to federal courts, you're screwed because they that's what they revert to. That's their fallback. So uh, since the announcement, federal agents have raided pot clubs and arrested growers. Exactly. I agree. Money equals politics. Money equals the root of all evil, corruption, 
and to change the law, you need money. But whose best interest is it to pour a whole bunch of money into a party that's going to go make a run for the for the presidency? That's that's hard. And what? And he lied. They lied. They just say, "Yeah, I'll legalize weed. I'll legalize heroin, cocaine. I'll legalize getting your dick sucked by a prostitute." Excuse my French. And then they don't do it. Then they don't do it. They're just like, "Oh, did I say that? Did I tweet that? Did I Facebook update status that? I'm sorry, I lied. Sue me, right? What do they do? Uh, The actions highlight the conflict." between federal and state authorities over medical marijuana, which is legal under state law, but illegal under federal law. Why do we have state laws again? Hey, hey, Willow Bear, school me, <laughs> riddle me this. Why do we have state law if federal law trumps it? Isn't state law to keep the federal law in check? And if the people don't agree with the federal law, then we go with our state law? I know federal supersedes everything, but... So if the state tells the feds what they can do, this is the other way around. This is the feds, right, and then, and then civil war breaks out, right. So how, even if Obama never said that if you're under state law, we're not going to mess with you, even if that happened or didn't happen, because we have state law, we should be protected, but we're not. And the feds come in and they conduct these raids and they arrest people. So what do you do? Do you arm yourself and get the backings of the militia? Or do you try to fight it politically? Which takes so long, right? And then that costs money. <laughs> like, I, it's all money, right? So I, it, we're stuck. We need a complete reset. We need a complete restructuring. And if we lost the Fed, I mean, a lot of people would lose their minds if we had no federal government. And it would, exactly. No fascist like a state fascist. Uh, a medical marijuana advocate said Friday that targeting Lee seemed politically motivated because of his leading role in legalization efforts and the medical marijuana industry. But so we saw this happen with Mark Emery, right? They, they arrested him. They kind of made a martyr of him. They're going to do that again with this guy. He's in a wheelchair. They're setting him up for this, right? Yeah. <laughs> Small clubs are dangerous. <laughs> Three or more, right? That's a conspiracy. Uh, quote, it smacks of politics, said Dale Gringer of the Marijuana Advocacy Organization, California Normal. Holla? Montana Normal, California Normal, sub. Uh, Haig declined to comment on the letter, of course, but at the October 7th press conference, she said, quote, People are using the cover of medical marijuana to make extraordinary amounts of money. In short, to engage in drug trafficking. Hey, Haig, you know who else is doing that? Doctors and pharmacists. Yeah, and the CIA. Guess who else is doing it? Unbelievable, right? We just let it happen, though. That's going to stop pretty soon. People are getting fed up. And that happens everywhere. Every people launder money through their car dealerships, through their state liquor stores. People are shit f- 
for I mean, there's good people and there's bad people. It's not the pot. The pot has nothing to do with it. It's so stupid. Uh, Lee said uh, he declined to comment about the letter. He said his uh, and his landlord could not be reached for comment. Uh, he said the federal crackdown in general could change the face of the marijuana industry in Oakland and lead to the proliferation of so-called Measure Z. Clubs, private clubs, where pot is sold and consumed. In 04, Oakland voters passed Measure Z, which makes the sale of marijuana between adults the lowest law enforcement priority. And that happens everywhere. They did that in Missoula. They couldn't get... <coughs> excuse me. They couldn't get a jury to convict somebody on pot charges because it was stupid. You're not going to find people that are going to do that, especially in this day and age. Thank goodness. Uh, the uh, the DEA... <laughs> here, th- this is Lee, quote, if the federal government shuts down the medical marijuana system in Oakland, we will go to Measure Z. Uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA... What if the jury's stacked? What if the jury's filled with their people? Uh, Willowbear in the chat says, jury is the last best hope. You hope that they're your peers, and that's assuming they are. If not, the whole system breaks. Then you're, <laughs> then you're fucked. Well, this used to be a G-rated show. Not so much lately. Uh, yeah, the DEA sent a letter to Lee in 07 informing him that his dispensary was illegal under federal law, but never took action. So back in 07, they sent him a letter that, hey, just so you know, federally, which is mm, who I happen to work for, here's my badge, federally what you're doing, totally illegal. So, and if you can't trust the jury, then who? Yeah, TNO, right? Trust no one. That sucks, though. You gotta trust people, especially to... Yeah. And that's hard, though. In a jury... Because, I don't know. That's a whole nother, a whole nother conversation. You come into the... You get people deciding based on religious beliefs. You have people deciding based on an argument that, oh, it's to protect the kids... And I don't trust people to make the right choice because people are easily social engineered and they're easily fooled. And you get a slimy enough lawyer in there that's just spinning this thing all to hell. Like, no, I, I can't trust the jury to make the right decision. I've, it's sad. I know. No, it's totally sad. I've Between all of the TV and all the advertisements people watch... I cannot put faith in them. I mean, I I have friends that I trust and people online that I would like to think that I can trust, but you never know. I mean, the people that I know here, sure, because I know them in person. That's the IRL, you know, internet life difference, I guess. I trust you just because I read what you write. But I don't, I don't know. You could be writing total bullshit. You know, I could be writing total bullshit. I like to think that people online are trying to be real. I mean, if you get rid of the anonymity, that's a, that's a shitty argument too because it's the whole pseudonym, you know, I don't want them to know me, but I need to have this profile of me. Right, get rid of the pronouns, right? Barter system. I'm down with that. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, coffee shop Blue Skies, one of the four dispensaries permitted to operate in Oakland earlier this month. The IRS ruled that Oakland's Harborside Health Center, the largest dispensary in the Bay Area, could not conduct or could not deduct standard business expenses because it was involved in the quote trafficking of controlled substances. As a ruling, uh, as a result of the ruling, Harborside owes millions of dollars in back taxes. That's such a dick move. Here, be a business. Oh. You can't deduct standard business expenses, though. Sorry. Even though we told you to be a business. And being a business, you have way more overhead than just you going out and selling weed on the streets. Like, you have rent and lease and lights and... Like, you have so much more than just selling weed out of your house. You want to be a business, you have to have these business expenses. Uh, so yeah, this, the the whole thing here is pretty screwy. The only people that are a- making any kind of money are the lawyers, right? And no, I'm not surprised. It's it's it happens. You expect it, right? Should expect this. Expect us and expect this. Expect corruption wherever there's great power. We learned that from fucking Spider Man. Uh, anything else we need to cover? Wow. I almost did a whole show solo. Here's here's a cool story. This, I just saw this. James Kelso on uh, Google Plus posted this. From Toke of the Town, marijuana promotes creativity. The evidence? <laughs> Here, this is kind of a cool little infographic. Check that out. Uh, Norman Mailer said marijuana is divine for providing new associations and extraordinary thoughts. When asked if drugs aided his creativity, Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys revealed that marijuana helped him write Pet Sounds. Ooh, Pet Sounds was ranked by Rolling Stone as the second best album ever. The, the shitty thing about... Yeah, Steve Jobs and LSD, dude. I wouldn't be the... I'm not... <laughs> I wouldn't be in the past or in the future the person that I am if I hadn't done a lot of LSD and a lot of mushrooms when I was younger. Allegedly. Right? So, uh, other artists attributing creativity to marijuana include Richard Ashcroft, Alanis Morissette, Tom Robbins, and Kevin Smith. And Matt Lee. (laughs) The scientists, Dr. Andrew Wheel and Carl Sagan, have both had numerous insights during marijuana usage. Ah. The psychologist Susan Blackmore wrote that without cannabis, which we have an endocannabinoid system, specifically for, oddly enough, uh, without cannabis, most of her research and books would not exist. And then the science, we have a 2010 study found that subjects linked distantly related concepts faster when high than when sober. This hyperpriming is evidence that the flow of loose associations brought on by marijuana, is real, not illusory. Illusory. <laughs> Pot is an easy way to cheap insight. Want insight? Do some work. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I've, I've been working on this hip-hop album for the last mm, almost eight months now. It's almost done. I write sober, and then I rewrite stoned, and then I rewrite again sober. And that's kind of the process. It, it starts in the paper, in the book, in the notebook, with pen and ink and, like, very natural and earth. And then it gets rewritten on the computer and then retyped up again 
and then it gets recorded. But when I get to like a, a spot where I'm just like, fuck, and it's you, it's not usually one of those like what what rhymes with this. Like I don't, it's not that. It's just like how do I want to say this idea that I have or this this thought that I've been and so my mind will not quiet down and I know it's my mind right I should be able to just be like mind shut the fuck up okay it doesn't work that way for some reason because I was raised a Lutheran and that's not my fault but no smoking weed just it relaxes me it makes like at work when I'm delivering I deliver water for a living like big water jugs when I smoke pot and do my job is so much nicer. Everything is just a little lighter and the people seem a little more happy and the jugs, they're like 50 pounds each. They seem a little lighter. And like I could do that all day if I could smoke weed. And I'm like, I'm thinking of other things while I'm doing my job, but I'm not impaired f- for driving or anything. Like it's just... I'm just in this other, you know, this other state of consciousness, I guess. Uh, it's hard to explain. But anyway, there's nothing to do with, well, it does, but. So, yeah. Toke of the town. Pretty sweet stuff. Well, thank you, guys. It's been fun. Meditation is not too tough, okay? I can do it. I don't have, this is such a dumb excuse. I don't have the time to meditate, Okay. I have the time to smoke pot and continue with my day. That's <laughs> I'm going to go meditate right now. Willow Bear, thanks for joining me. Uh, hopefully, we should be back with a real episode on Sunday, maybe? And hey, it's my birthday tomorrow, so fucking A. I'll be 31, how about that? Uh, hotboxpodcast.com, and like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we did get nominated for a podcast award, yeah. Only pot podcast in the news politics section. So podcastawards.com. Give us a vote every day if you would. That would really be helpful. So you can email info at hotboxpodcast.com. You can join the forums and find me on Facebook or Google Plus or all that stuff. And uh, yeah, Skype me. 406-204-4687 or username thejamhole. Do that, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you guys Sunday. Uh, We'll have a jam hole episode and hopefully a hot box episode. So, all right, peace out, guys. If you like, you like this is where where you you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to Hot Box.